and in marriage is a covenant. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's a uh, coming together of two people in a relationship uh, yeah. that will love one another. That will, um, uh, well, let's go to the actual words of the covenant: for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, until death do you part. And that's the covenant agreement that a husband and wife uh, make with each other. Welcome, everyone, to podcast number 143, Renew Your Mind. With us today, we have Senior Pastor Paul Gruenberg. We have Associate Pastor Jeremy Teru, who's also our Director of Youth and Family Ministries. And we have Retired Pastor Barry Sweet. And we have guest Jordan Kettlewell. I remembered your name this time, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well done. As a well joke, because I know him well. Um, he's our praise band leader at our contemporary service. And myself, Dana, um, Dana Hall is the moderator. So we are going to pick up where we left off. And we were talking about covenants. And um, we talked about what a covenant was or is. And I'm going to test my memory. So it is a relationship between two entities, typically has a binding promise between that. Did I get it right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh All right. So we want to learn a little bit more about covenants because there's different types. And And, and I think the first modern covenant, and it may be a little while ago for some people, uh it's checks. We oh, make that's a, an example of yeah, a covenant. Yeah, we make yeah. a covenant with a, a person that we're buying something from that we're going to pay them. And mm-hmm. when we sign our name on that check and their name's on that check, that becomes a binding agreement mm-hmm. that we will pay X amount of dollars and cents for whatever it is that we purchased. So that's a more modern idea of a covenant that's kind of been replaced with debit cards. Debit but cards. Mm-hmm. even uh, credit cards are a covenant between us and the lender. Uh, and mm-hmm. as well as us and the the store that we're purchasing from. So there are a couple of covenants there right. that we're going to pay the store. Mm-hmm. The lender, we're going to have to pay back. Oh, you're supposed to pay the credit cards back? That's why we use debit <laughs> cards now. Oh, that's uh, okay. Is take it right from the bank and, and skip the, uh, yeah. All right. the lender. So a bounced check is a broken covenant. There we That's go. That's right. <laughs> yes. The only place where that kind of falls short, and I agree 100%, is the relationship piece. Right. It's, it, I mean, there is a relationship because you're agreeing to something, but there's no long-term mm-hmm. relationship. And that's where it doesn't entirely work, yeah. but it's still a great example. It is. Yeah, it's where I think our modern usage of the word falls a little bit short from the biblical. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The intent. But I think is, it's helpful yeah. to get that image oh, definitely. that it's a, yeah. a modern-day concept that we're still using. Right. And in marriage is a covenant. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, coming together of two people in a relationship uh, yeah. that will love one another, that will, um, uh, well, let's go to the actual words of the covenant for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health until death do you part. And that's the covenant agreement that a husband and wife uh, make with each other. Uh, for the rest of their life, forsaking yeah. all others. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people look at it as a contract, right? Which takes out the relationship piece, yeah. right? 
And that's why it's so wonderful that we have a covenant God is because when he's establishing covenants, he's always seeking to have a relationship with people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's re-engaging people to have a relationship with them. That's why he's making covenants. So that's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And I I think also uh, to to your point, Barry, of people viewing that more as a contract anymore, um, it also goes to a, a very lost thought process of not being a contract or a promise, but it being an oath. And that's something mm. that in our, our modern day, um, you know, outside of a few specific uh, professions, you don't see people making oaths the way you see, like in, you know, you watch a, a movie from old. Yeah. You, yeah. You watch a movie from, <laughs> yeah. you know, from medieval times and, you know, some knight swears an oath. Right. Um, and it, it means something deeply to the point of, uh, to Sacrificing the point of their life. to the point of death, like yeah. that's right. that's how deep an oath or an oath of a covenant is. Is this is binding, and I will die for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when I uh, started as a police officer, I took my you know my oath of office, um, you know, swearing to uphold the Constitution and protect protect life, preserve property, um, and with that oath, there is a commitment that I will do this unto my death if that's required, mm-hmm. um, and that's just kind of a lost. In our culture today, the, the oath of yeah. a covenant is really a lost concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hippocratic Oath for doctors, right? Yeah. To do no harm and mm-hmm. to, um, I don't know what the oath is, but then it's you had- best for your patients right. in all situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you've got Dr. Kevorkian yeah. seeking to help people die mm-hmm. um, who are in- well, you know, that's a whole nother topic. I shouldn't have yeah. even yeah. brought it up. <laughs> okay, steer back. Because he viewed that as an oath, as part of his oath. Yes. And we didn't, but he right. did. So yeah. when you look at the Bible, then it begins with a covenant agreement between God and Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And that covenant agreement is, is that God will be with them. He walks with them in the cool of the garden. And Adam and Eve will care for the garden, work the garden, you know, they're to name all the animals. And that's that relational uh, covenant between them. Mm -hmm. And the one stipulation that Adam and Eve had was to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. There were other trees. There was uh, the trees. When we go to Revelation, we see the trees that line the river that flows from Mm -hmm. God's throne. And on it are the the fruit or the leaves for the healing of the nation and tree of life, the tree of life, which would give them eternal life. And they had all of this other stuff. And then they broke their covenant. They blew with it. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had one job. One thing. One job. Not Just to don't do. eat that thing. Great. You know, it seems to be when we tell somebody not to do something, that's they what do we it. do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's our sinful nature. Well, that's where oh, we're guilty as charged. Where we're better <laughs> off as parents by telling our kids what they can do and focus on that. Even though there's the things don't touch the stove, it's hot, right? right. You do want to warn them, yeah. but you want to tell them what to do. Well, wait until the stove is off. Stay or, away from the stove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. what are some other kinds of covenants and um, different scenarios? Well, there was from the, the, old the Noah story. Okay. You know, where God. There's sin overwhelms the world, and, and God begins to start over and chooses Noah's family. And then there's the promise um, that he will never flood the earth again. Mm-hmm. Destroy the earth by water. Right. So that's so when we, when we look at, and again, the overarching theme of this uh, series of podcasts is understanding the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So we've got the uh, first covenant with Adam and Eve. 
in all creation. That's broken by uh, Adam and Eve when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and Eve. Then the next covenant begins after the world has become increasingly wicked all the time. In mm-hmm. fact, it probably, let's see, when men began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them. And you're reading from? Genesis chapter 6, Noah's a righteous man. Let's see. Oh, the Lord saw, verse 5, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. So, you know, wow. We caused God pain. (laughs) We caused God uh, pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had, that he had made on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. He was in relationship with God. And and that's one of the, I think that's one of the, the weaknesses of the church through the years is that they haven't proclaimed that it's about a relationship with God as opposed to following a set of rules. Mm. Yeah, because Noah wasn't perfect. He wasn't sinless. No. No. But when it says, what was the phrase about? He was righteous. Righteous and? Among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Um, um, just before among the people of his time. Uh, Noah was righteous man, blameless among blameless. the people. Blameless. That's the word I was... Blameless means he's walking appropriately in his relationship with God. Doesn't mean he didn't sin. That's right. Right. And mm. you can look at it as by faith, he was declared righteous. Exactly. Like all of us, Abraham right. and everybody, mm-hmm. and therefore blameless in God's sight. Right. Meaning he's he's justified by his. Yeah, so Noah obviously yeah. was seeking relationship with God, was enjoying that relationship, um, even though he was fully human. You know? Yeah. Because I think sometimes that word blameless if you think about it, it throws us because, mm-hmm. well, I'll never yeah, be you blameless. Think it's, yeah, you think you're perfect. You know, how can, and, and Noah wasn't perfect. Right. As we learn at the end of the story. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so that covenant then becomes the covenant that you said, Barry, uh, that was that God would never destroy the earth by water right. again. Which is a specific, there's a name for that, there's a specific type of covenant, correct? Unconditional, oh, right? Yeah, we were talking offline a little bit about unconditional covenants versus conditional. Um, right. This would be example of an unconditional covenant God made, covenant that God made just meaning that God said, I will never destroy the earth again by water. And he didn't say, if you do this, I'll never destroy the earth again by water. Yeah, it wasn't just, an if then. He just said, this is what I'm doing. Right. No matter what, I'm never going to do that again. So... It didn't have a condition on it. So then, thankfully for us, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. right. <laughs> yeah. So then, that sets us up for the next true covenant. The really the covenant, as Jerry Jeremy said um, earlier, that sets us up for Jesus. Amen. And that's the covenant with Abraham, mm-hmm. where God is is choosing a person, truly uh, that person and their descendants to be in relationship with himself and to be that example so that the world knows that God exists. God never um, 
for the best, I guess, limited himself to just Israel. God was available for all people, but Israel was going to be the example of what that covenant relationship should look like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they would be chosen to bring forth the Messiah, not only for Israel, but for the whole world. For the whole world. Yeah, that's why the covenant with Abraham, God says, in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed or all the nations shall be blessed okay. through mm-hmm. your seed and the seed he's talking about is Jesus okay eventually coming down through the line of Abraham okay he's saying the whole world will be blessed through him so God works through this family, family. which eventually becomes a nation out of which the Messiah comes our Savior so that covenant agreement is is really made in chapter 12 of Genesis right mm-hmm. And he reiterates it a couple times, I mm-hmm. think. In different places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh looking down the road, where does um where does the covenant with a nation begin? And if I'm rushing you, stop me. So it starts with Abraham. Mm-hmm. Abraham is married guess, to Sarah. Yep. And then they have a son, Isaac. Mm-hmm. Isaac has a, a, a son, um, Jacob. Well, Isaac has two sons, but uh, it's Jacob that is the son of the promise. Mm-hmm. And then Jacob has uh, 10 sons, 12 sons. 12. 12. Yeah. And then the covenant, that's where it becomes more of a nation. Okay. And we kind of see that solidified, I think, though, in the Mosaic covenant. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, sec- that's the, that's next, the next covenant. That's the next big one in um, Exodus 19. Um, where Moses and God are chatting, and uh, I think let me just well, let's take a step back for a moment. Okay. Okay. So God in the covenant, God is the, there's a suzerain vassal covenant where God is the powerful. Uh, he's the one who is going to protect the one with whom He makes covenant with. So He's mm-hmm. going to protect Abraham, and as that family grows. And it really explodes under Jacob, which would be Abraham's grandson. God is going to protect them. So uh, the and that's the suzer, correct? He's role. God is the suzerain role, okay. right? That I will protect you. I will provide for you. Then the vassal's role is to be in relationship with the suzerain. So if the suzerain needs somebody, well, it, in the Human to human agreement, uh, the suzerain is provided food by the vassal. The suzerain provides land grants for the vassals, the people who work around uh, him to provide food for his table. Mm-hmm. But his major role is to protect them. Their role is to provide for him, the suzerain, mm-hmm. as well as when the suzerain goes to war the vassals will become his army. Okay. And where did those words come from? Because they're not in the Bible, correct? No. Uh, that's ancient Near Eastern, um, which is what that time was called, the ancient Near okay. East. Those were the covenants that were made. And one of the aspects of the um, Old Testament is we need to remember that God works within the culture and the culture's understanding. So mm-hmm. God didn't create the suzerain vassal agreement. 
the culture created that, and then God takes on that suzerain uh, image in the covenant between first with uh, Abraham, um, as we get into the the nation of Israel, he mm-hmm. makes that covenant agreement, and it says, um, I will make you, Abraham, into a great nation. So this is what the suzerain is saying to Abraham, the vassal, and will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So God is mm-hmm. giving uh, some blessings to Abraham, if Abraham follows him. Okay. And, and there comes the conditional portion right. of it. Okay. So right. you have a person of power and authority in relationship or attempting to create a relationship with someone of lesser power and authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you get into the Mosaic Covenant, where basically in Exodus 19, 5 and 6... Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, Mm -hmm. then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Mm -hmm. And so um, basically I think what God is saying is there, if you obey me, you love me, you worship Mm me, um, I'll take care of you. I'll be there for you. I'll be your God. Mm -hmm. Um, Relationship. It's relationship. Mm -hmm. And, And so we're agreeing to this relationship. Um, you do your part, I'll do mine. And God had demonstrated that with the um, Abraham's, well, with Jacob's people, once it became a nation, famine struck the land, right? and God provided the food by having had Joseph put into captivity in Egypt, mm-hmm. making his way up to be second only in command, only under Pharaoh. And so when the famine hit... God had provided a place for the Israelites or the Hebrew people at that time mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. So God is being faithful to his role in the covenant. Well, and then the second piece to that is once they become enslaved right. by the Egyptians, God comes through many years later, but God comes through and leads them out of Egypt. Yeah. Sets that's them free. Where he protects them. Right? He protects them. them. Multiplied them. I mean, they were huge population (laughs) and um, leads them into the wilderness. They get themselves in trouble along the way and takes a lot longer, but God is the faithful Mm -hmm. one at work there. Yeah. He's the the suzerain, right? Okay. So he's performing what he's supposed to perform to provide a way, in this case, to freedom. And now in this case, in Moses' example, in the example with Moses, it was freedom from slavery. Okay. But in Jesus' example, which will come, it's freedom from sin and death, which is the ultimate, really the ultimate freedom that mm-hmm. we should all be seeking. Which goes back to the original covenant. Eternal life with Adam and Eve. Right. Free from sin and death. Again, another reason to know your Old Testament. Yes. Yeah, where does all this come from? Yes. If we wanted to go back and le- and learn more in detail about um, where God chooses is Israel to share His will to the world. Where what scriptures should we? Oh, that focus goes on? back to um, Abraham's covenant. Abraham's covenant. I will I will make you a blessing, and mm-hmm. you will bless all the nations around you. Yeah. Okay. And there's some others too in Isaiah. Isaiah talks about Israel being a light to the Gentiles. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're God's chosen nation, but not just 
so you can keep to yourselves, but actually so you can be a light to the rest of the nations and they can come to know God as well. Okay. Well, and, and when you look at our, our theology, we're not meant to keep anything. Right. It's meant to be shared. It's yeah. meant to be passed on, everything we receive. And that all goes back to the covenant that God makes with um, Eve, uh, that your seed will crush Satan's head. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. And to, to dial that back, one more note before we before we close, Dana. Yeah. What do you mean, dial it back? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I, but dial was the wrong word to bring that back. Um, I was dialing back in time, not trying. I wasn't okay. trying to wasn't trying to bring you down. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, not at all. To uh, to dial that back to where we opened this podcast series of you know um, that question of we're a New Testament church. Why do we need the Old Testament? Mm-hmm. And how does it apply? Um, you know, we've discussed the covenants and and where they went. And we know that all builds to the New Testament. Um, but taking the the covenant with Abram up to Matthew 1, okay, which is one of the parts of the New Testament that to me, uh, when I was, you know, when I first was introduced to Scripture and was starting to read it, uh, you know, the begat section was also a boring and mm-hmm. genealogy. What a boring that? and ridiculous why, read. Why, that why is this nothing. here? Right. Yeah. So if you understand the Old Testament, then you go to Matthew 1, and Matthew uh, 1, 2 starts with Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, of course, establishing um, Judaism, and then later on the Judeo-Christian from Judah and Christ, uh, Judah and Christ, Judeo-Christian Bible, brings us to the New Testament. All the way to the end of that, um, uh, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, different Jacob, obviously, uh, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So these these covenants and the genealogy, it's it not only builds to the the salvation story and builds to the coming of our Messiah, but it's it's important because that's all part of it's part of what proves Christ to be Christ mm-hmm. in the yes. New Testament yes. is the prophecies from the beginning. So if yeah. you if you want to look to something that shows really shows the importance in relation to the New Testament, all of that buildup is to build the buildup to the coming of Christ, and it's those prophecies and those covenants that all result in our salvation. Yeah. Um, so it's all very important. And so you say right from the beginning of time, God was at work wooing us yes. and knowing that Jesus would be coming to save us because he knew our basic nature. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then as you work even past that, how God uses ordinary everyday people that you preached about yesterday to move that along with real people in the real world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. On that note, we will end this podcast. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening today. We come to you from the First United Methodist Church of Gaylord. We're located on 215 South Center Street in Gaylord, Michigan. On Sundays, we have a traditional service at 9 a.m. and a contemporary service at 1045 a.m. And we'd love to have you join us in person. Um, If you can't be there in person, you can still join us through Facebook or YouTube. And um, if you need any other information, just Google us um, or you can call the office at 989-732-5380. And thank you again for joining us today.